Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. I am your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today we got a Mindset Monday, and it's a special one, but before we get into that, we have a few quick uh, announcements and things to drop on you. The first one being is a special announcement. It is our official uh, partnership and sponsorship the podcast sponsorship, they are sponsoring the podcast, uh, our good friends, Giant Lifting. Uh, that is giantlifting.com. Giant is a company that really, honestly, they just blew up during COVID, yeah. for lack of better terms. I mean, they fucking grew, and it's been really cool because- Outgrew. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. So, like, uh, one of the owners, uh, two brothers that own the company, one of them's name is Forrest. I went to high school with him, so did Travis. We both went to high school with him, uh, and it was funny because- probably about a year ago I saw him walking in the parking lot and I was getting the mail outside of our facility and I was just like what up dude what are you doing here and he was like oh we just opened up shop right next door to you um I actually knew because we follow your Instagram and blah blah, blah. it's pretty crazy because we run an equipment company yeah and I was like no shit the what perfect kind of thing, equipment yeah fitness equipment is like the perfect thing they opened next door to us um and then they ended up buying the guy out that was next to us so and that guy shout out to him too he expanded too the guy that yeah. runs the RC airplanes? Yeah, yeah. Dude, those things are fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, he pulled up in a four-door Aston Martin. Did I tell you that? Yeah. And I was like, I rolled down my window, and I'm staring at this car. It's like my dream car. Four-door Aston Martin. And he rolls down the window and just smiles at me. And I was like, oh, shit. That's the na- the old neighbor. It's <laughs> like, well done, sir. Wow. Um, so they're crushing it. They're like the biggest RC airplane thing. I don't even, I wish I knew what they were called. I don't even call it RC. It, it is, but it's like. It's not just a little airplane. It, yeah. These are real, like, I mean, going had, off the airstrip. Yeah, they had some that were the size of our door. <laughs> yeah. And they're, like, I mean, I, I know one of them goes uh, <laughs> Crazy when they fly them over. Yeah. yeah. He told me he was, uh, one of them goes 250 miles an hour. Insane. That's scary, bro. That, dude, that's a half. Dude, like, real jets go 500. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like, Do they really? That's a, No, they go faster than that. Are you sure? Okay. Like, I mean, I believe Altitude you. speed is, like, 530-something. I believe it. You, yeah. were, you, you were in that industry, and your whole family was, so. I don't know, but that's insane. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they moved out and Giant took over that space and now they're looking to, to expand even more. So they're a, a rapidly growing company and it's for a good reason. I mean, number one, they're just good guys. They're good at what they do. And they actually, uh, not to throw other companies under the bus, but they really care about their people and they want to provide an affordable product because everybody knows, especially when COVID hit, like prices for weights, prices for gym equipment just went through the roof. And then here they come and they're like, fuck that. We're not going to do that to people. And it's still going to be the same great quality. We have shit, their barbells, their trap bar, their plates, their dumbbells, um, their squat rack. We got so much stuff from them in our gym right now. And luckily enough, I get to like beta test new bars and stuff when they come out. And we've just been good friends (laughs) with them um, up until now, but I've beat the living shit out of all that stuff. I've had multiple people lifting on it, swinging weights on it, doing chin-ups, throwing the bar back against the rack. It's sturdy as hell. It's not yeah. going anywhere. And it's, it's, I'm not going to name names, but some of the biggest companies that all of you guys go to, um, and it rhymes with Spogue, uh, <laughs> great company. And I have their stuff too, but the reality is, is it's hard to get sometimes. And it's, and it's expensive. It's expensive. That's one of the fuck. biggest things I remember, like at the very beginning, you saying, man, this is some good ass shit, but, it is affordable. Yeah. It's, it's way more affordable. Yeah. Um, and it's the same quality. <clears throat> yeah. It's the same exact quality. I'm not just saying that. And I've been saying this and I've been saying it to people on Instagram. I've been saying it to people, uh, our clients, and I haven't had any affiliation with them besides just being like, yeah. you guys are doing something that needs to be done, which is giving great equipment at an affordable rate. Um, so we've been talking about collaborating and partnering for a while. Because, because we want to help them. Yeah, 100%. And, and they want to help us and we want to support each other. And uh, I believe in what they do. They believe in what we do. Um, and it only made sense for them to become a sponsor of the podcast. So, uh, you can go over to giantlifting.com and you can use the coupon code TCM five to get 5% off, which doesn't sound like much, but when you're paying for shipping for weights, that shit adds up quick. Yeah. And when you're buying equipment, the price is, is high. So you're yeah. already getting a huge discount just from going to them, 
Now you're going to save on that shipping too. If you're local in Washington, you don't even have to pay for shipping. You can just show up here and pick it up. Yeah. So there's like gym owners and people out here driving up all the time to loading dock and just filling up their truck and, and going. So if you're close enough, you can always do that as well. But um, really excited about this. So they are going to be one of the sponsors for the podcast, and we're going to be talking about them every single week. But when we do, it's going to be a different ad every week. So make sure you stay in the loop and you actually listen to the ad that we do. Uh, because it's not going to be a pre-recorded ad where I just say, hey, save 5%, but you always can save 5%. But I'm also going to be dropping like what's coming next. What kind of sales are they Anything doing? Anything else. Yep. yep. They're always doing promos um, and different things on sale, depending on what they're getting in bulk at the moment. And then they also are coming out with a lot of cool specialty bars. Um, I don't know what they're calling the bent bar. Like uh, Kabuki has a, like a, a Cadillac bar. Um, it's so sick. It's like six hundred fucking dollars for a bar, though. It's just insane. But Giant has a, a similar idea with that. They're coming out with a neutral bar. Um, their no no front trap bar is unbelievable. I highly recommend that. It's where basically it's a trap bar, but there is no front and it's a wider base, so you have more room to get in and out of it. Which means you can also do split squats with it, rows with it. You can do cyclist squats. You can do a ton of different things with it. Um, and then it has these jacks where you just roll it up. And then you can slide the plates on and off, which makes it so much easier. But the sick thing about the new one they're making is that it's rackable. So you can put it in a rack too, Mm. which means now you can do neutral grip presses with it too. It's insane. Oh, in like a squat rack. Yeah. Or if you want to do RDL or something, if you have issues with pulling off the floor, obviously you can rack it. And that way you don't have to pull from the floor. You can start from the top, which is safer for an RDL with somebody who has a lower back issue. Um, But nonetheless, uh, we wanted to make that quick announcement so you guys know Giant Lifting is the official, one of the official sponsors of the podcast. And I truly only put sponsors on here that are high quality. We've had a a handful of people reach out that just, I didn't believe in them enough to accept their money and put them on the podcast. But Giant is somebody that I would have done for free because, and I have done it for free because they're just a great company and they make a great product. So if you're building a home gym, if you're a gym owner, it's the spot to go. Giantlifting.com. Use the coupon code TCM5. Um, the I, second announcement. I will, no, I will, I will say before you said if you do decide to come pick it up uh, in person, we are next door. So stop Literally. by and say hi. Yeah, if you, especially if you're from the podcast. Yeah, and if uh, if the garage is open, we're training. Yeah, and it's always funny because that happens all the time. People come they're like, "Oh, is this giant?" Yeah. No, it's keep going. Yeah, next one down. Um, but it's also cool too that one day that the dude came to pick up weights and then he ended up sticking around and just watching us lift and asking questions because he wants to start a company. Totally, like, a young dude, and he was like. I was sick. And he was like super inspired. And I was like, this is dope. Like being able to instill that in somebody random is just the coolest thing. But um, the second announcement for today is just a quick reminder, guys, we have a ton of free guides that you can download and it can teach you a hell of a lot to help you do this on your own. So if you want to go over to tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash guides, there's a whole bunch. But today we want to specifically talk about the Tailored Nutrition Method, which is the all-inclusive guide to mastering your diet. It's going to cover everything in the hierarchy of nutrition. It's going to cover how to implement the hierarchy. It's going to talk about which one is more important and when they are more important because nothing is linear in order for everybody. It's highly individual. We also discuss in the ebook how to make it individual to you specifically. So if you want an ebook that teaches you what to do, how to do it, why to do it, and gives you all the tools to access so that you can implement it right away. The uh, Tailored Nutrition Method is the one-stop shop. It's like 87 pages, I think. I want to say it's 80-some pages, all completely fucking free too, by the way. So um, head over to tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash guides. It's one of the first ones on the list, and we will also link the direct link in the show notes of this podcast. So you can click that, head over there, and download it today. Congratulations to the winners of the podcast. Podcast review giveaway. Oh, yeah. Sent those shirts and uh, uh, journeys journals out. Journeys. I think it was just journals. Now yeah. you're making me send shirts. Oh, I mean, <laughs> maybe they got we, a shirt. Whatever Emily did. Yeah, <laughs> we'll Emily, see. Emily sent them out. Um, yeah, thank you guys. And if you missed that, but you still love the podcast, leave us a five star rating and review. Um, and now we can get right into the show. Yeah. So this past weekend, it was the one and the only Cody McBroom's. 29th birthday, one year away from the big 30-30. Yeah. So, I, I want to be 30 already, man. Yeah. yeah it's a like huge milestone, man. It's dope. At this point, you just, like, you know that uh, Blink-182 song, Nobody Likes You When You're 23? Oh, yeah. I, feel I was like, like which one? <laughs> there's a lot. I feel like it's 23-30. Yeah. It's like insignificant birthdays. Because to the point where, like, literally, I think I told you the other day, like, uh, somebody asked me, I think one of the neighbors asked me, I was like, oh, I'll be 28. She was like, you'll be 29. And I was like, no, I won't. 
It's like count count your years, Cody. And I like thought about. It. I was like, oh shit, It'll be twenty nine. Mm. I forgot about that. You don't think about it very often, so you don't thirty. Yeah. You do. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Shannon will be thirty soon, so we're gonna celebrate, and like that's a big year. But other than that, it's like, you know, it is what it is. Totally. But I turned thirty in on February, right before COVID started, and. 2020 went by so slow that nowadays I think I'm like going to be 32 and yeah. I'm like, no, I'm just 31. Yeah. That's a shitty year to have your 30th. Too. Yeah. Everything's kind of close. Yeah. You can't really do anything. I was in Arizona, so. Oh, that's not too wasn't bad. wasn't too bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. You had a good time out there. That's cool. Um, well in, in the, in the light of my 29th birthday, we mm -hmm. figured we'd do the, uh, Instagram trendy thing to do that I do every year and that most people do. Uh, you turn 29, you give 29 lessons. As to what you have learned. The last 20, not the last, but 29 lessons you have learned over the last 29 years. So more specifically, I'd probably say 29 lessons I've learned in the last like 10 years at max. Well, if you think about it. Yeah. Okay. Before I was 18, 19, I wasn't paying attention to lessons. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going through life. I'm sure there's like more or less or just like smaller lessons that you learned in the first yeah. 19 well, years a, of life. There's one thing in here specifically that's a quote from my dad that he used to say when I was growing up and I always just made fun of him before. I was like, it's so cheesy. Mm. Like, it's like from like some theatrical movie. Shut up. And then later in life, he kept saying it and I was like, damn, that's like really fucking powerful and yeah. I use it today. So that's in there. So there are, there are things that come back up. Um, but I think it's like, and, and you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen me post this already um, because I'm obviously I wrote a post for my birthday, but you know, I, I talk a little bit about like, I, I feel like I'm older than 29 and I don't want to say this in a cocky way, but like I've had more experience and more, and I have more wisdom than a lot of 29 year olds just because I've spent so many years investing in mentors and webinars and seminars and books totally. and learning and time invested into all that stuff that I, I sometimes talk to other 29 year olds and I am on a different wavelength. And I mean, and it's nothing against them. It's just that when a lot of my friends went to university, I was like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, and I just put my head in the books and I started <coughs> learning. I surrounded myself with 30 to 40 year olds and totally. started really growing up quick. And, and also, you know, having an older brother, I hung out with my older brother all the time. So even when I was in fucking sixth grade, I was hanging out with eighth graders, hanging out with eighth graders and yeah. doing things for the first time before other people, yep. both good and bad, yep. you know? And, um, but it, it's cool. Cause I like looked back and, and again, this isn't to like impress anybody, but to impress upon you guys before we get into this list, as I was writing this, I was just thinking of like, man, like at 29, it's, it, and I'm proud of myself for this, but it's really crazy to think of like, man, we have a huge team. We run a seven figure online coaching company. I'm married. I have a child. This is our third home we've owned and she's fucking three. That's crazy. I've traveled. I've learned. I've surrounded myself with some of the best people in this industry. I've got to coach TV stars and, and semi celebrities. I've worked athletes. with athletes. Like it's just, pretty wild the experiences I've had I got jumped and almost died had a huge life altering moment of my life Revelation. yeah just so many crazy things that have happened uh, that have taught me so much and I've met so many cool people along the way that I feel like I've uh, I feel good at 29 I feel like I have a pretty a pretty good perspective on life even at a young age and and the, the reason I'm saying this mainly is is not only because I want you guys to take what I'm, we're about to talk about very seriously because these are, are true life lessons, but also, you know, I think that one of the biggest insights I had as I'm turning 29 is that I just, I just started, you know, and I think that can cripple you or it can motivate you, right? Because if I sit here and it, like people have a goal and if you're constantly striving for that goal and you're so outcome oriented that you're not process oriented, you're not focused on the journey or the process, you almost create a level of depression because you never are there. You totally. never feel that, that whole satisfied versus fulfillment, yeah. which I got a ton of good feedback on. Yeah. But it's like, if, if you're like striving to make it, right, you're fucked. You're never going to make it. Nobody ever makes it. Nobody ever gets there because the purpose of life is expansion and it's a constant pursuit and a relentless pursuit to just grow yeah, and they, constantly grow. There it keeps moving. There keeps moving. Yeah. If you're doing things right, and if you don't do things right, you're going to end up somewhat depressed because totally. there you get there, and then you're like, now what? Yep. You know, and you don't have bigger aspirations. You don't have an evolving way of thinking of your goals, and I think that's something that can cripple you. So um, th that's, that's the whole reason why I wanted to kind of start this podcast with that just because 
I'm very proud of myself. I feel like I've accomplished a lot. I'm, I'm excited about where I'm at, but it's just like once I shifted my perspective, because for a while it did kind of knock me down. We hit some big milestones and it was kind of like, well, fuck, like what, what now? You know, like what, what do I do next? And, and it was depressing from a standpoint of like, am I just going to constantly want more? But when I started shifting my perspective around on that constantly wanting more to be a good thing and realize that that is the purpose is to not constantly want to achieve more, but to constantly become more. And in order to become more, you have to achieve more or at least set the standard of what you're trying to achieve at more because the journey to getting to quote unquote more achievement, that is where we grow tremendously. And that's where we fulfill the purpose of life, which in my opinion truly is expanding as an individual because no, but at the end of the day, when you die and you're at the funeral, nobody's going to remember how much you made, what, like how many followers you had or any of that. They're going to remember the impact you had. They're going to remember the mindset you had. They're going to remember the perspective and the attitude and the energy you brought to every single time that they saw you. And that energy is only going to be at the highest level if you're constantly pushing <laughs> yourself to yeah. become your greatest potential, you know? Agreed. So, um, with that being said... Let's dive into uh, the first. Yeah, we're going to definitely rapid fire these because there's a lot. There's yeah, 29 of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the first one is you'll never regret being patient. That's a great uh, segue after what I just said, too. Yeah. It's like in order to even get where I'm at today, I had to be patient. But like it's everything that I've done in my life has, has taught me that from, from the standpoint of getting as lean as possible, uh, the most effective way to earning what I want to earn for a living to building the team to what I want to build it to raising a family. Um, I mean, being a dad, holy shit, that requires patience. And that's honestly, if anybody asks me, what's the hardest part about parenthood, it's 100% patience because patience with a three-year-old is fucking tough, man. Yeah. Um, but when you learn, it's, it's just so much easier, you know, and it's cool when I'm around like my parents and they see like me stay calm when she's throwing a fit or doing something. And I'm like, I can just like, like slowly shift her to get positive again and like not freak out because once upon a time I would just get frantic. Yeah. Um, but again, like patience, man, like, uh, even this, this whole idea of, of life is constantly about expansion. I mean, that technically means like from, from the point you, you from right now where you're listening to this to the day you die, you never fully reach your potential because your potential always grows. Like that means you need so much patience, right? Because, you never stop growing and you never actually hit the ending destination. You hit milestones, but by the time you hit the goal one, you're already thinking about goal two. And that's not a negative thing as long as your perspective, like I said before, doesn't shift. But patience is the essence of all success. I mean, it's, it's truly like Pablo Picasso said, uh, consistency is the foundational key to success. But I think patience, man, you can't be consistent if you're not patient. Because if you can't be patient with the end goal, you don't have the time to be consistent with the little things that you got to do along the way. Right. And it's successful people that are okay doing the grunt work every single day, doing the little tiny things that don't give you a, an immediate ROI. Right. And that should be a fucking lesson in here. Being satisfied with a questionable future ROI is the key to success. Because if I do this right now and I don't get an immediate feedback loop, I don't immediately get a Facebook like on this. I don't immediately make a dollar. I don't immediately lose weight from this action I'm doing right now. But I know if I'm consistent and be patient later on down the road, this is going to pay off. That's the key. That's the virtue of patience that's going to pay off for success. Um, so you never, and the thing was you never regret being patient, right? Totally. It's very difficult to be patient, but when you are patient and the ROI pans out later on down the road, you never regret that. Yeah. I've never heard anybody in my life accomplish something and say, or not accomplish I something. I should never have been patient. I shouldn't have been so patient. Yeah. Or even, even like, you, you, you are patient, you are doing the work and it doesn't work out, but you still learn a lesson, you fail, whatever. I even heard those people say, I regret being patient. Now I've heard people say, I regret waiting so long. There we go. But that's not being patient. That's not taking action. Yeah. So there's a difference between not doing shit and being patient, right? If you regret waiting so long, it's because you never put your foot out. It's because you never took action. You never made the leap. You never actually jumped at the opportunity. Being patient, that's doing the work and consistently doing it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on it and being okay with it taking time. Totally. You know? All right. Number two is trust your gut, follow your heart and use your brain outside of the use the, your brain thing. That was the quote from my dad. So mm. growing up, my dad always said, trust your gut, follow your heart. And I yeah. mean, even like, I remember, you know, 
I mean, he's, my dad is huge on intuition. So even growing up, like, yo, if you're at a party and you're in some trouble, trust your gut. Yo, if you, if you're, if you're in a bad situation, trust your gut. Like, you know, like when we got arrested when I was younger, police officers talking to you, trust your gut. Like every situation was always just like, trust your gut and, and just be honest. That was another thing you always said that I really, really respect. And he took it from my grandpa. If, if you just, if you tell the truth, you never have a story to remember, which if you think about it, it's really funny, right? If you lie, that's where you fumble. If you lie or you're fake, that's where you're like, tr- you're mixing stories. You got to figure out what the fuck to say. Yep. But if you're just always real and you're authentic and, and honest, you never have to remember anything. You yeah. just say what, say just, what it is. Yeah. You just are. Um, but, but the other thing my dad always said was trust your gut and follow your heart. I added, use your brain. Cause you should probably be smart in life, but, um, it's just something that like, you know, there's been a lot of situations in my life where maybe I had to take a risk for business. Maybe it was a family situation. Maybe it was like a crucial conversation I had to have, whatever it may be. I always just kind of come back to like, what does my gut tell me to do? Like that voice inside me. And then following my heart is like the the passion inside of me, the love inside of me, the, the go-giver, the caregiver, that person, what is that leading me to do? That leads me to do, and then my gut tells me the final decision. Totally. And I think if you do that, like you, you're never really going to go wrong. Yep. You know, and even if you fail because of it, you're at least going to feel good because you you know you did the right thing. If you trust your gut and follow your heart. Yep. All right, number three, nobody gives a shit. This is uh, this is one that fuck, it's this is crazy. It's crazy how long I've been working with Andreas, but that was uh, something he said to me early on that like really really stuck with me, and it was. I think I was complaining, to be honest with you. I think I was bitching about... So, for those listening, that's my mentor. I think I was complaining about... Anything. One of, anything. One of many things in my life. Or maybe it was multiple things. Yeah. But he, he was listening, listening. He's like, yep, yep, yep. I hear you. Uh-huh. Nobody gives a shit. And I was just like, wait, what? First reaction is like, bro, I'm paying you. What do you, t- what do you mean nobody gives a shit? And he was like, man, you can, you can repeatedly say this. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to change it for you. So, like, if you care and if you give a shit and if these things are bugging you, what are you going to do to change it? Mm. Because nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit about your problems, realistically. And that sounds harsh, yeah. but it's reality. Even, even the people who love you the most, they care about you, but they don't give a shit about your problems. They care about how your problems make you feel. Yeah. They want to make you feel better, but they're not going to change them for you. You know what I mean? The and, actual and problem. Exactly. And yeah. sometimes it works in the reverse where... I'm complaining or I'm bitching or I'm struggling with something and they care about me, but they don't give a shit about the problem. So what do they do? They comfort me. So I feel good about not fixing it, not taking action, not pushing myself harder, right? Because that's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and they want me to feel comfortable. But people who truly give a shit or just understand this whole thing will say something like he does. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Either man up and get it done or stop complaining about it. Or keep complaining about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to do anything except affect you. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of things in life that you can sit down and look. And at the end of the day, it, it ultimately boils down to like eliminate your excuses because that's just what they are. There you go. If you're making excuses. And how do you eliminate your excuses? One of two things. Either A, you realize you actually give a shit enough to push yourself and push through it or you scrap it. Yeah. Instead of making excuses, stop trying to focus on it. So for example, you're trying to lose weight and you keep falling off. You keep falling off. You keep making excuses. You keep binging. You keep falling off the diet. You keep not skipping the gym, whatever it may be. Stop and ask yourself, do you really care about this? And if you don't, then stop trying. Mm -hmm. Because you making excuses, it actually just diminishes your own self-belief for everything else in life. You know what I mean? Because if I keep failing at this one thing that I don't really care about, I'm doing it because my wife or my husband or, or my doctor says I need to do this or whatever it may be, you don't have a burning desire to go to the gym and you keep saying you're going to do it and you keep failing, you're developing self-doubt because you're not doing what you said you would do. Totally. So stop trying to do something you don't care about and do something you do care about so that you can build that self-doubt back up to be self-belief mm-hmm. because now you're taking action on something you do care about and you're consistent with it. And when you see yourself actually doing it after you said you did it, now you have the confidence to go out there and do whatever you want. Absolutely. And maybe you come back to the gym. Yeah. But until you figure out if you actually care about that, just stop making excuses. If you're making excuses, it's because you probably don't give a shit. Or there's, a, there's something, there's a root cause that's stopping you from getting it done. Eliminate the root cause. Yeah. Right? And then push fix, forward. Fix the issue. Fix the issue. All right. Next one goes uh, connection over everything. I got to say this real quick. I know this is easier said than done, but 
excuses serve zero purpose. Like, like they really, the more I think about it, it's like probably one of the worst things for people and their goals. Yeah. It, it, there's no purpose to them. Yeah. It's, I can't think of a single reason why an excuse would be okay. If there's a valid reason, that's different because you're, sh- you're going to shift what you're doing. Yeah. Like if this door is locked, I can't get through it. I can't get through it. That's not an excuse. <laughs> I don't have the key. <laughs> so I'm either going to find a way to break it down or I'm going to find a different door. Yeah. Right. But an excuse is like, I don't feel like opening the door. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's just crushing you. And if people could just like really, really take a blunt approach to themselves, self-talk, like blunt self-talk and just be like, I'm making excuses in this area. Like, fuck, I think they would just blow through and grow so much. Cause sometimes it's just identifying it and just owning it and be like, fuck, Man, I'm making a lot of fucking excuses right here. I just need to stop, yeah. you know? Um, man up isn't a good term for that, but I can't think of anything else. It's like, and that's what he told me, man up and get it done, yeah. you know? Stop making fucking excuses. Now, connection over everything is, to me, greatly applies to coaching because I think that I've talked to so many coaches over the years and, you know, the best coaches and the best coaching companies, and I like to point out that ours is very much so like this, prioritize human interaction and human connection and communication and emotional intelligence and, and empathy and just connection. I think connection is an umbrella of, of things, right? So much, and it makes the results so much better. It's insane, right? That level of trust and connection creates a level of adherence and understanding that leads to so much more growth and success for the client. But I'd also say this too, is we, we experienced this with COVID, right? When they started like isolating us and telling us to not be around people, man, people got sad. People got depressed, you know, like, man, not to point the finger at you, but can you imagine, not really point the finger, but use you as an example. Can you imagine if you, like, there was like, okay, there's a law. You're going to go to fucking prison if if you see, like, dude, you can't hang out with any of your friends or family except Joe's because you live with her Yeah, for just two months, 60 days. Yeah. You'd go fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like you can't text yeah. or call or anything. Dude, you would go insane. Isolate. Yeah. Yeah. And I say that because Trav is like the most social person I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. We're at his bachelor party and I was like, damn, this is crazy. This is the only time I've ever been in a group of people. And all of us will equally say that Travis is our best friend. <laughs> and then looking at Travis like, who's your best friend? Yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy. But like that to me is, is just like, there's a really good book called, uh, you would like it too. It's sick. It's, uh, it's, I think it's called, it's either tribe or tribes. One is by Seth Godin, and it's more business marketing. Really good book, too. The other one is by Sebastian Yonger, and he is a he was a journalist in the Army. So he traveled with the Army and just basically journaled what he saw them doing at their camp and stuff. And he watched, like, the brotherhood of, like, connection. And then he started studying, like, I believe ancient civilizations and stuff. But the point being is humans are meant to connect. Humans are meant to interact. Humans are meant to be in a squad and a tribe and a team and a family, like, that environment and that cultural thing, there's a powerful energy that goes around with people. And without that, we're fucked. Totally. Like you need that. So COVID was horrible for that reason alone. I mean, it was horrible for many reasons, but like just the isolation thing in general yeah. was so, so difficult for people. Um, and it's why people were going to great lengths to figure out reasons to Zoom. And dude, we had like nights where we would play board games and drink on Zoom with people. Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of sick. Yeah. But it's funny. Like yeah. you think about it. Like I would never I would imagine. Never. never imagine that. Yeah. Unless I have a friend that lives in another country and totally. that's what we have to do. But it was just normal. Not somebody who lives in the same town as you. Yeah. yeah. Normal occurrence. Um, but that's, I mean, that's super. And everybody who, who has like a gym partner or has been across or anything like that, you know exactly what we're talking about. Human connection is unbelievably important totally Um, and i've only learned that more over the years all right so we're gonna go to the next one which is fitness isn't just looking a certain way fitness is health fitness is movement fitness is life fitness is performance fitness is power and strength and it is how you look it is how you feel it's it's how your brain operates to an extent i mean it's, you know, there's studies that show when people exercise, specifically aerobic exercise, but when people exercise, it does help develop your brain more. Like there is a neurological connection that stimulates your brain more. Um, it's, I mean, it's going to protect your immune system. It's going to help you not get sick as much. It's going to, there's so many things that fitness does that it's not just a vehicle to abs. It's a vehicle to a better life. And I think that's super important for people to realize for two reasons. One, 
if you're not consistently training, you're wasting an opportunity to live life in a better vessel because we have one life and we have one vehicle that gets us from point A to point B, birth, death. If you don't, you have the choice and this has nothing to do with finances. You have the choice to drive a Ferrari or a beat up piece of shit station wagon. Yeah. I'm going to choose the Ferrari yeah. and all it takes, and that doesn't mean you're shredded to the gills. It just means that you move every day. Yeah. Your joints don't hurt. You're, you have some muscle on you. Your immune system is strong. Your brain is functioning. You're clear minded. You sleep well. Your hormones are healthy. Your metabolism works. Like all those things come from training and good diet, but it, it's, it doesn't need to be this crazy complicated periodized bodybuilding program. I like that. But at the end of the day, fitness is fitness. Fitness is movement. And if you're not moving, I feel like you're wasting an opportunity with a very, very good body that you have to get you from point A to point B. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's like, that in itself is a sin. It's a waste of space. It's a waste of time. Everybody should be treating their body so much better because of that, you know? Um, it's your temple. It is. Yeah. It's 100% your temple. So I think that's, uh, the, that's the main point with that is just like, just don't waste your time. Like, you could be doing so much more with your body. You have the opportunity to do it, and, and it's up to you. Yeah. All right, number six. Self-made isn't reality. We need other Wait, people. Six or 16? Six. <laughs> we're, on, okay. we're on minute 30. <laughs> Self-made isn't reality. We need other people. Okay, I'll, I'll speed it up a little bit. Um, growing up, I said self-made. I, I didn't say self-made because I wasn't, I wasn't self-made. I wasn't successful at all. But I always thought it would be super cool to one day, like, and this is me growing up in the culture I grew up and get tattooed. Like when I'm successful, I'm going to get tattoos as self-made. I would never get that tattooed on me anymore because I think self-made is such a fallacy. It's like, it's like Nipsey Hussle has a cool line where he says, uh, I'm self-made, meaning I designed myself. I like that. Like that's dope. You know, we talk about Taylor Life podcasts about designing your own life, making your own decisions. I agree with that. But typically self-made means like I made my own success. It's just not true. Like, my parents helped me. My mentors helped me. The coaches helped me. You guys helped me. Like, nobody's self-made. If yeah. you never leaned on anybody in your life, one, you're not going to be successful. And two, and you're lying. You're lying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, you're full of shit if you're actually successful and you say that. And I'll never forget, I was at a seminar one time and somebody said, like, it was, the question was, like, have you ever, uh, like, stand up if you've ever woke up with anxiety, with stress, with a fear of failure or doubt or anything like that, Right. The whole room stands up. It's a group. It's 100 entrepreneurs in there. Of course, everybody stands up. We've all been there. One guy fucking stayed seated. And, and the speaker kind of picked on him. And I already didn't like the guy. But I'm just like, come on, bro. You're full of shit. Yeah. Like, that is such a lie. And in fact, it. because you sat down, I, I believe you probably have it the worst. You know? And I almost felt bad for him because of that. Because you have it so bad, you're afraid to admit it. But just be transparent. Own it. It's just reality. But self-made, same thing. Nobody's self-made. Yeah. We I, all use it. Each other. All right, so the next one is number seven is go to bed on time. You need sleep. I'm still working <laughs> on this one, but uh, I, I learned that lesson, but I'm still learning. Yeah, I, I learn it repeatedly. Um, I learn it every week because there's nights I get a lot of good sleep, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I got to do that every day. And then there's nights I just don't. Um, you know, I think that at the end of the day, like one thing I will add to this is you can catch up, right? Like, you can't ignore sleep. The biggest thing is that you can't ignore the simple fact that sleep is important. I think a lot of people get into like this, uh, like team no sleep, this hardcore mentality, and you skip over things like that. You're just grinding. It, it's going to bite you in the ass eventually. The only thing I will ever say to this is there's going to be times in your life. It's not on a daily, weekly basis. It's maybe a weekly, maybe once a week, twice a week. There may be weekly, but definitely not daily. You need sleep, period. You're not going to perform well. You're not going to think well. You're not going to like, you're not going to do anything well if you don't sleep and get your rest and, and recover. However, what I would say is that there's going to be moments in your life as well where you should choose the time that you could be spending with others instead of sleep. There's plenty of times where I'm like, I'm fucking tired, but this is a great time with my wife and yep. I'm going to stay up. You yep. know, I have to wake up early. She doesn't, I don't care. Like I'm going to stay up. There's times where we're with friends, we're doing stuff, you know, like fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to slap myself a little bit. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this moment because it's not going to come back. Yeah. You can't replace time. But at the end of the day, like your normal routine, you can't skip sleep. I tried it for a long time. I tried to say like, oh, I get away with four to five hours. I can't. Like if I don't get at least six, I'm, I'm fucked. Yeah. So that's a good uh, transition to the next one. Number eight is wake up before everybody else. Yeah. So this is where I think that like, and I've talked about the the reverse of this too. Like if if you're waking up so early that you literally are dead tired and you can't do anything, then obviously you need to like not take such an all-in approach. Like, 
okay, start with 7 a.m., you know, and then go to 6.30. Yeah. Like, but I do believe that, you know, there's just, there's just something different when you get up before everybody else. Like, if I'm at an Airbnb with people, except in Dallas, I just couldn't do it. That's just too much. But, like, usually if I'm on a work trip or I'm doing something, I get up before everybody. If, if me and my family are staying somewhere, I get up before all, both of them. Um, me, Shannon, Blake will be at a hotel. I'll get up and go on a walk before they're even up. Like, at home, weekends, weekdays, I'm almost always up before them. Um, <coughs> Every once in a while, I will sleep in on a Saturday instead of coming to the gym with Trav and working, not mm-hmm. you, the other Trav, um, working out. But, like, usually I'm up before everybody throughout the week always, and there's just something different, man. The air is crisp. Nobody's awake. It's cold outside regardless of the season. Fucking birds are chirping. Yeah. It's, it's quiet and calm, and you're clear. And when you want to work on you and you want to read and you want to study and you want to journal and you want to meditate and you want to focus on developing yourself, putting yourself into that flow state – Nothing beats that early morning wake up because you have that space. And if you need to work and grind and create something, wake up early, remove all notifications, distractions. It's the best time to get shit done. Totally. All right, cool. Number nine is um, value over income. I love this one. Yeah. This one and the last one is a common denominator of successful people. So if we look at- Waking up before everybody else. Yeah, like yeah. A, that was another thing where it's like, I haven't really met- I don't know if I've ever met like a really successful CEO, entrepreneur, like personality on, on TV or anything that wakes up at 10 a.m. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, I sleep in. It's, I've never heard it's that. part of my wealth. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah. I've heard people say they go to bed early. Yeah. But I, everyone I know or I've heard of or read about, they wake up early. And another thing they do is they have an attitude that is value over income. So there are a lot of successful people who make a lot of money and there's nothing wrong with wanting a lot of money. I think that's something that's demonized for an odd reason. Um, and Ed Milet said this really well. If you look at money as a resource instead of a um, financial income, it changes the way you approach d- approach it, the way you desire it, the way you accumulate it and how you look at it. So a lot of people have a bad relationship with money because they see money as money. If you see money as a resource, now I have something that is going to provide X, Y, Z. Now that could be provide health and stability and, and, and security for my family, or it could be resources literally that are going to improve the business that allow me to impact more people or hire more people or give people raises or do whatever. It's, it's, it's a resource that allows more growth for myself and for the people around me. Totally. So if I look at it like that, now it changes my relationship with it. It's not a bad thing anymore. It's not bad to be hungry for money. I'm hungry for resources that are going to improve the people around me in my environment. That's a really positive thing. Yeah. So I think changing your mindset around it is huge. However, you can't change your mindset around it unless you value value more than income. Yeah. So if I'm focused on giving value to the client instead of making money from the client, that's how they're going to get the best result. That's how they're going to have the best experience. That's how that financial transaction turns into a, a re, occurring resource for me, right? They're going to refer me out. They're going to talk about it. They're going to get a great result that I can share. It's going to accumulate without advertising because I'm pushing value and impact. That's going to accumulate more resources, not income. Totally. Um, but at the end of the day, this again, this is a common denominator with successful people. They prioritize value, giving value to the other person and giving as much of it as they can over sales and income and stuff like that. A lot of times their financial goals are based on value-based goals, not income. Totally. Which is huge. All right, cool. Uh, next one, number 10, is confidence is a result of hard work. Confidence. Yeah, in anything. I think yeah. that, to me, confidence and certainty are very aligned. So with the physical side of things, confidence could be taking off your shirt and not worrying about it, you know, uh, or being in a bikini and not worrying about it. Um, at the workplace, it could be walking into the office, which is a little more energy. Like when you know your shit, you know what you're doing, you know you do your job well, you don't have any worries. Yeah. You're not worried for your security. And you have, that means you have confidence, you know? Um, when you're authentic and you're yourself, you have confidence because you've eliminated the fear of being yourself. When you have fear, you have confidence. You have certainty in who you are as a person. Um, but all those things take work, you know? To be able to take your shirt off or wear a bikini and not worry about it, you gotta work your ass off. And it feels damn good, but it earns you confidence. Do you able to have confidence in the workplace being fit could help that but also because you look good in your suit or your, or your dress or whatever but also being good at your job yeah. which requires work you got to put in the hours now you have confidence and certainty in your value that you're bringing to the company um you know in your relationship if you're putting in the work to create a good relationship you have confidence in the ability for that relationship to last so i think like 
regardless, everybody's striving for confidence and certainty. Everybody wants to feel good about themselves. Everybody wants to eliminate doubt. Everybody wants to be able to walk into a room and kind of dominate attention, yeah. right? They want their energy and their presence to be felt without them saying anything. That requires success and anything. And success only comes from work, hard work. And that's what's going to build confidence and certainty. Totally. So, Got it. All right. Next one. Number 11 says, everything is a choice. That could be spinned in a couple ways. And I think that, so everything is a choice because your reaction to things day to day is a choice. The actions you take throughout the day are a choice. Your thoughts are even a choice. You know, like people can't control negative thoughts. I understand that. But you can also choose to rebuttal them with positive thoughts, right? Positive, as human beings, positive thoughts aren't just going to naturally come to us, right? Negative thoughts tend to, unfortunately, as it's, it's fucked up, but that's just the reality of it, right? Like negative thoughts just pop in our head. Um, and sometimes they can dominate how we feel, how we think. Positive thoughts are a choice. You have to choose positive thoughts. And if you choose positive thoughts that eventually overrun the negative thoughts, you're actually choosing to eliminate negative thoughts, right? Going to the gym is a choice. Not going to the gym is a choice. Eating healthy food is a choice. Not eating healthy food is a choice, Right? Drinking alcohol is a choice. Not drinking alcohol is a choice, for better or for worse. Every single thing you do is a choice. Telling somebody you love them or appreciate them or are grateful for them, that's a choice. Not doing it is a choice because if you thought about it and you didn't do it, you chose not to do it, which that's kind of a hard pill to swallow because there's plenty of times where we've all done that, right? Like you think about telling somebody something because you you feel that gratitude. You feel that appreciation. You're like, I fucking want Like I love this person. I care about this person. I appreciate them for what they do. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. You just chose not to tell them. And that's fucked up. Yeah, you know, like not thinking to tell them is way better than choosing not to tell them because you thought about it. So everything in life is a choice and it's just about making the right choice. Yeah. I mean, realistically, that's what it boils down to. Totally. All right. Next one is um, nobody controls you besides you. Very similar to the choice thing. At the end of the day, your thoughts, your decisions, your actions, your choices, uh, the moves you make the direction you head, the people you surround yourself with, the environment you're in, everything is your choice. Uh, Your distractions are even your choice, right? Nobody controls you. Nobody, like your phone going off and distracting you, your phone doesn't control you. You control the urge to to get on your phone and check the notifications and do those things. You control the urge to do really anything. Nobody else controls you, period. And sometimes people feel controlled, but it goes back to that confidence. They don't have the confidence to stand up for themselves and make the decision choice totally to do so you know so they let people control them and if you let people control them guess what you chose to let them control you so even going back to the last one everything's a choice if you're letting other things and people control you you are letting you're choosing them to control you yep you know what i mean and i think this is where like that was a big thing i learned from the the tim grover stuff with the the cooler closer and cleaner and he talks about the cleaners like i mean you, you can't fuck with their mindset like you just can't. You can't. Like, there's things going on in life you'll never know. They're, they're going to do the job. They're going to get shit done. And it's not them being heartless. It's just that they're choosing to compartmentalize their brain to turn on what they need to turn on, which is crazy to think about. But if you're really passionate about something, you're really into something, it just happens naturally. It's second nature. And when you do that, you're doing it because, like, for example, right now, I have a choice, right? Let's say there's shit going on in my life. There's not. But let's say there is. I could choose to think about that and it could either A, stop me from recording this or B, fuck with my attitude and mentality going into this, which affects all the people listening to this Yeah, that rely on a Monday podcast to fire them up and to learn something from me. But instead, I compartmentalize. I'm going to be here for this yeah. and I'm going to crush it. You know what I mean? And that's where like I think cleaners do it on a whole nother level. Yeah. You know, like sometimes it's hard for me to say I am that because the examples are always extreme extreme athletes yeah. that I'm like I mean you can't compare yourself to Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan yeah you can't especially for me I don't play basketball I don't even know the rules of basketball <laughs> how many people on the court I don't even know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're right you're right six five yeah six I don't know six each something five 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 five, five. I knew it was less yeah. than fucking soccer and way less than football yeah. but um, <laughs> I don't even know football there's ton of people out there yeah that's all i know um how many people play in the sport a lot <laughs> um but they're able to do that you know they could be having a traumatic thing they walk out on that court brain shifts 
I can get the job done. I'll think about that later. Totally. And that takes somewhat of a, uh, I mean, it's kind of insane to think about, but nobody controls them but them. Totally. And they choose to control those moments and the actions they take. Period. All right. The next one is 13 is difficult conversations are always necessary. That goes back, like, I'll, I'll keep this one pretty simple, similar to the, the patient's one. I've never heard anybody say that they regret having a difficult conversation. I've heard a lot of people say that a difficult conversation was hard. We've all had those conversations where you're like, fuck, or you're delaying it, and you're putting it off, and you're nervous, and you're trying to, like, get sidetracked. Like, human beings, we don't like conflict. We don't like difficult conversations. They are very awkward, right? They're just hard to have, but... Man, I don't know about you, but I've literally never heard anybody finish a difficult conversation and go, man, I really regret having that conversation. Totally. It's always like, man, that was really hard, but I'm glad I had that conversation. We moved, we moved forward. So in your life, if there's things that need to be handled, if there's things that uh, need to be brought up, need to be squashed, need to be conversated about, just bring them up. It's never going to be easy, no matter how long you wait, no matter how many times you think about it. Actually, the longer you wait, the more you think about it, the harder it gets. Oh, absolutely. Just rip the bandit off, have the conversation, grow, yep. move forward. All right. Uh, 14 is regret kills. I think regret's probably the most painful thing. Regret hurts way more than failure. Totally. You know? I regret not trying more than I regret trying and failing. You know? I regret not... This is, this is going to get deep and like, I'm not going to dive into it too much because I'll, I'll probably fucking cry to be honest with you. But like, I lost my aunt last year and dude, there's not a day, like anytime I think about her, there's not a day I don't regret not talking to her more yeah. or wondering like, what if I could have done a little bit more to help, you know? Um, it, you know, yeah. nobody killed her. Yeah. So like, it's, it's fucking hard. But like, you think about it, it's like, man, like. I would, I would, like, if I tried way harder and I visited her and I talked to her more or whatever, after the fact, I wouldn't regret those things. I would be so thankful I tried that hard. Yeah. Even if it didn't work. You know what I mean? And I can't put that blame on myself. Don't, like, don't get me wrong. But you never regret things. You regret what you don't do. There it is. You never regret failing at what you do. Ever. Like, I went into the fitness industry. If I would have just fell flat on my face, I wouldn't have regret it. I would have been like, damn. I did it. That hurt, but or I tried. tried. Yeah wasn't for me. Yeah. On to the next thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's so living in a place of taking action to avoid regret versus not taking action and living to, in regret and living in regret and to avoid the fear because of the fear of failure to avoid failure. That's huge. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, that's a one liner. If I like write that down, taking action to avoid regret versus not taking action, waiting and procrastinating and stalling because of the fear of failure is the worst mistake you can ever make. Just take action and avoid the regret. Period. Totally. Love it, man. All right, we're going to the next one, 15. So we're going to do it, bro. Comparison kills. Comparison kills. Um, Same as regret. Yeah. I mean, comparison is is – no other, like every situation is individual. No other person is going to be the same as you all around, right? Whether we're talking about their body, their family, their happiness, their success, their business, anything, their situation is different. They're a different person living a different life with different people around them in a different environment with a different experience and a different past. Everything, everything is different. It's just like when I said about excuses earlier, comparison literally serves no purpose outside of comparing to yourself. If you compare to the last time you tried this thing. To make yourself better. To make yourself better. Yeah. What did you take away from that? Compare it to that situation. How is this going to be better? Cool. But if you're comparing to another person, come on. I think, I think you can model after people. I think that's great. There's so many people I look up to and I look at what they do and I'm like, man, I'm going to steal that idea. Hey, man, I'm going to take this idea. Oh, that's a good way to do that. I'm going to look at But I'm going to do it differently. But I'm going to do it differently. And I'm not going to compare my result to theirs. There you go. That's the key. I can model exactly what you did. But what I do is like, I like the way you did that. I don't give a shit what your result was. Because if I care and I dive into your result, I'm going to put that expectation on my result. And now I fucked with it because it might not be as good no matter what. Because this person's situation might be so much better than mine that no matter what, their so, end result so is much be different better. than yours. Yeah. Their result's going to be better or worse regardless of the same exact tactic. You know, you can't compare. Yeah. You can model, you can steal ideas, but you can't compare. 
Easier said than done. Yeah. But. All right. Next one is do it for you and not for others. You gotta put yourself first. Like that's that's the whole uh priority list thing, right? Um, which I believe is on here as well. Um and I think at the end of the day, if you don't put yourself first, if you don't do it for you, the meaning behind what you're doing is just gonna be different. You know, it's just not gonna be as good. And if you don't put yourself first, it's gonna be hard not to put yourself up for them. You know, if somebody needs you, they need all of you. They need the full you. You can't be the full you if you're not putting yourself first. You're not taking care of yourself. That means every regard. We talked about it. Sleep, waking up early to do personal development, chasing your goals, following your gut, or trusting your gut, following your heart, all those things. Being authentic. Put your mask on first on the airplane. Same exact analogy, right? Like, I think it's just, you can't be your full potential for everybody you care about if you don't put yourself first. Yep. Period. Agree. That's a good way to put it, man. All right. Uh, next one is they are not judging. You are projecting. Kind of go back to the nobody gives a shit. Yeah. And the comparison, really. Yeah. This is like the best example of this is, is gym intimidation. You go in the gym and you're worried about what everybody thinks around you. You're imagining what this guy's saying about you, what that lady's mm-hmm. thinking about you. They are sitting over there wondering what you're thinking about them and what the other lady's thinking about them. So the, everybody is doing the same thing, right? It's just that you're, you have self perceived judgments about yourself that you are projecting on other people. So you are putting your thoughts, stories, and judgments onto other people and assuming they are thinking that and it's fucking with your confidence. It's fucking with your energy. It's fucking with your ability to take action because you're afraid of failing and being embarrassed in front of that person who actually doesn't give a shit and aren't even watching. They don't care. Yeah. And the people that matter in your life want you to win. It's like the whole thing like when you get on stage and you speak in front of people. And this, I, I say this to myself every time. I say it again at your wedding when I'm speaking. Nobody here wants me to bomb this, right? Nobody here wants me to be embarrassed because they're going to feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. So I need to like lay off the pressure because if I go out here and I speak, I, they're listening because they want to listen. These people who I've never met before love Travis and they are interested in what his best man is going to say. <laughs> yeah. So that gives me the right to be here and say what I'm going to say. Totally. You know what I mean? Like when I go and speak at a seminar, these people paid to be here knowing that I was going to be speaking. They want me to do this and they want me to do it well. They do not want me to fuck up because I've been at presentations and seminars and speeches, even at weddings, where they just bomb it and you're like, oh, fuck. You don't even want to look at them. Yeah, feel embarrassed for them. I've watched movies yeah. where, like Ben Stiller movies, every time. You're like, oh, God, it's so uncomfortable because he always puts himself in the weirdest situations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like meet the parents and yeah. shit. You're like, dude, dude. Don't do that. Uh, he lights the chapel on fire and it's like, dude, one thing after the next. But... That's, that's where like the, it's all in your head. I mean, that's really what it is. Everything is, it's all in your head. So you just got to get over that. Stop projecting your thoughts, work on your own self judgment. And that comes from working on self acceptance and forgiveness and appreciation. Self love matters. Yeah. Next one, 18. If, if they are judging you, remove them. Bingo. So if the person actually is judging you, I mean, for lack of better terms, they're a piece of shit. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care about you. If they're judging you, they do not care. Now, if you're acting in a way that is inappropriate, that is harmful, that is hurtful, and they're calling you out on it, they're not judging you. They dislike how you're acting. And that's, that is acceptable. But anybody who's judging you, remove them. You don't need them in your life. Yeah. Uh, be open to anything. I think this stems from like, my like crazy interest in hearing what people have to say. I would rather hear what you have to say and tell you no than not even hear. Because if I don't hear you out, I'm going to be wondering what your idea was. What did you have in mind? Like, what was the thing you wanted to say? You know, so be open to anything. And there's people, you know, I've had conversations with people that I would never expect to give me good advice. I've, I've talked to people who weren't even trying to give me good advice. But I was just open to conversation. I was respectful and I listened and I'm, I have huge eye-opening moments. You know, I've, I've, shit, I've had many conversations with my grandma, both of my grandmas, and they're not talking about business at all. And I'm like, holy shit, that is a huge insight for my business. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's a huge insight on how to treat people and how people feel better and so on and so forth because that's what they're talking about to me. 
So be open to people's criticism. Be open to people's feedback. Be open to conversation. Be open to experiences. Don't just say no. I mean, there gets a time where you're busy and you do need to learn how to say no uh, and and be more willing to say no. Because for a while I said yes so much that I was just so busy it just caused stress. Totally. Now I say yes on these exceptions, right? Or terms. Or or on these terms. That's a better way of putting it. Um, Or like yes – schedule in two months versus yes let's just fit in as soon as possible um but also like you know experiences in general like with friends with family with like opportunities like say yes yeah one life yolo (laughs) number 20 is every day is a page of your story make it exciting don't be dull you might never write a book but imagine if you did like just imagine if you wrote a book how interesting would you want it to be you know, I, I often think about if my daughter, you know, turns, I mean, I, I think about two different situations. And so this might be hard for people that's not our parents, but just try to, try to like roll with me on this. Imagine the one situation is like my daughter turns 18, 20, she's out of high school. You know, she's like, she's an adult now. I pass away. What is she going to remember? How is she going to tell my story? The other one is I die tomorrow. When she's 18 and 20, how are the people that knew me best going to tell her about my life? Yeah. Right? If I don't do things exceptional, if I don't do things exciting, if I don't make a difference, if I don't impact people, if I don't make people feel a certain way, if I don't give off a good energy, what the fuck are they going to have to show for? Yeah. Oh, your dad was a great guy. (laughs) End of story. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want them to say specific things I did for them, specific ways I made them feel. You know, it's not about me giving favors. It's about... Me impacting them, yeah, making them inspired to do things, right? Like when I get messages from people, and this is the hard part about that, she would never get maybe to get to get to experience this, but I get messages from people or mail or the guy that ran into me on 4th of July and tells me that I've done X, Y, Z for them. I've never met them in my life. Like my daughter, if I died tomorrow, my daughter would never get the chance to talk to those people. But just knowing that if she ever ran into them and they knew, or if they mailed to her, she would be able to read that and be like, damn, like my dad left an impact, you know? That's fucking important. Totally. And even though I'm not going to write a book about my life, I would love to be able to say that, like, I have a book full of chapters that were pretty fucking exciting, right? Or or did cool things. Or yeah. even just that I learned a lot, you know? I will write a book eventually, but it's not going to be, like, my life story. Like, I'm not Benjamin Button or anything. But, um, like, if each page, or it's kind of like uh, the art of war, no, war of art. Yep. Each chapter is kind of different, right? Yeah. If I could just tell lessons, yeah. right? Like 29. If I'm 90 years old and I do 90 lessons in a book, like, or I can just tell my grandkids around a campfire. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. But like, tell a story. Yep. You know? I love it. All right. We'll go to number 21. Gratitude is motivation. Yeah, gratitude is a fuel that never stops burning. I think if uh, the best way to put this is if you don't stop and smell the roses, you will stop having roses to smell, right? So like the easiest way for me to put that again, the whole idea of if you don't stop and smell the roses, you'll stop having roses to smell means that if you don't stop and appreciate and be grateful for what you've already accomplished, you will stop accomplishing things to be grateful for, Right? Gratitude and appreciation is the fuel that pushes you to achieve more gratitude and appreciation. Yeah. But if you don't stop and feel that gratitude and appreciation, you don't know the feeling you get when you win, right? Mm. So if I stop to smell the roses, I understand that reward, that sensation, that dopamine, that feeling of achieving, of winning, of impacting, of creating, of accomplishing something. And that feeling is so desirable that I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. And I'm going to keep planting seeds and growing roses to smell over and over again because that's that addictive aspect of success. It gives you that feedback, but you need to stop and appreciate to even have that feedback loop going. Totally. I love that. How you say it's a never ending burning fire. Yeah. All right. 22 is everything great takes sacrifice. I don't even know if I can, I mean, plain and simple, you know, you want to get really lean, you better sacrifice some food, yeah. <laughs> you know, calorie deficit. Yeah. Um, if you want to get buff or to get jacked or build weight, you got to sacrifice time and effort in the gym. If you want to build a great relationship, you got to sacrifice uh, plenty of things, you know, your time. And it's not even sacrifice because it's towards a good reason. I don't even, I would say donate is a better word, right? Donate because sacrifice implies something negative. But even if you're in a relationship and you got to get rid of some, negative things about you or some bad habits it's for a positive reason so you're kind of sacrificing those bad habits yeah 
but more like you're donating them away, right? You're, you're giving to a good cause because you're growing something else. But regardless, in order to get, you have to give. Plain and simple. That's the biggest thing. In order to build a business, you got to invest money, time, effort, hard work, all that. If you want to build a body, same thing. Everything requires having skin in the game. Yeah. Cool. All right. 23 is show people you care. Don't just tell them. This is uh, back to like a Maya Angelou quote, I think. And it's, uh, people will forget what you said to them, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Um, and the reality is, is if you make them feel a certain way, they will never, they'll never forget that, you know, like that's, that's a feeling they're going to have forever. And it's, it's something that you gave them literally that impacted the way they feel. Um, so just the energy around people like, yeah, tell people things. I want you to like mention things, say you're grateful, do all those things. But more than anything, you have to make people feel a certain way. Yeah. So, uh, next is laughing or smiling. Shouldn't be a rare thing to you. Fuck. Yeah. Plain and simple. It shouldn't be. I think, I realize this more and more. Um, honestly, I, what there was, there's like literally like a specific moment that I remember. I'm trying to think of what it was. I was with you. Uh, I was with you and some of the boys. I can't remember, but yeah. it was like it, there was a reason we were all getting together. And I remember this because you know it was within the first couple years of the business growing. I just had Blakely like life you know we were building new homes we we're in and out of airbnbs like it was just like a crazy period of time where like i was stressed i was working i i didn't have the team that i had now so i couldn't delegate so it was just like i was just in a bad place yeah. and i remember finally going out and hanging out with everybody after a long time and i remember talking to shan the next day and being like my face hurts <laughs> because i was laughing yeah. so fucking hard yeah and i was like dude i can't sacrifice that anymore yeah you know and I, it's just one of those things where you just need like those belly laughs every once in a while. You got to, you, you should be around people, you know, and, and now that Blake is older, I do it all the time with her, but when she's a baby, you don't laugh like that. Yeah. You know, now she does some funny shit. Like, I mean, TMI, but she thinks farting is hilarious right yeah. now. So I got her a whoopee cushion. Oh yes. Dude, it's the fuck. It was the best $4 I've ever spent. <laughs> she has all these toys. Dude, she just wants the whoopee cushion yeah. and she thinks it's fucking hilarious. Love so like dad. the funny thing was, is I hit it. And I blew it up and I hit it and I was like, all right, let's, you know, let's sit up for dinner or whatever. And I like picked her up, put her on the chair and I sat her on it and it just ripped. Dude, it scared her so bad. She had no idea what was going on. She fucking freaked out and jumped off and me and Shannon are crying, laughing. It was so funny. And then she started laughing and then she was like, blow it up. So I think I blew up like 27 times before. I was like, hey, we're going to put it away for a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, but point being, yeah, literally, (laughs) um, but the point being is, is you just got to laugh more. You got to yeah. laugh and smile more. It's so important. All right, cool. Um, 25 is find a true life partner. Yeah, I mean, plain and simple. I mean, like, if you don't have a partner that is ride or die that you can, I mean, shit, you're in the the most honeymoon stage of this. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's just like life's different, you know? Like, everything you do, you have somebody to go home and talk to about it. Even if, like, you don't live together yet, you can call. You can talk to that person whoever that is, um, and share wins, share victories, share struggles, vent to them. You know, like there's so many things that go on in that have gone on in my life that I purposely am like, I don't, I don't bring that into other people's lives Cause I don't want to bring them down. My job is to be positive in, in a leader. Right. So at work on the podcast with my friends, all those things, I try to avoid, bringing up negative things. And like Shannon's the person I can go to and vent and talk to and get real with you you need that person to experience life with you and it just makes things so much fucking better dude like it's crazy um but that's been a a very very positive aspect of my success i said that all the time like i don't know where i would be without shannon because having that support system it's there's there's nothing the same you know totally all right number 26 is know who you are and never change essentially be true to yourself yeah stay true be authentic you know who you are. There's only one of you. Be that. You know, nobody, you never, refer, like, if you want to be confident, you want to have certainty, you want to be successful, you want people like you, you got to be yourself. Because if if you're fake and you're not yourself and people like you when you're not yourself, you're not going to be happy around those people. Yeah. So if you want to find friends and a spouse and family and people and an environment and a culture and everything you want to make you happy, 
The only way for that to make you happy is for you to be yourself and be accepted by that. So be yourself. Totally. You know, I think that's the, uh, the worst thing you can do is be fake. All right, 27, be unique. Same thing. Yep. Be yourself. Be unique. Don't don't be the same as everybody else. Don't be a cognitive machine. There's certain things that you can, like I said, model of other people. But at the end of the day, you're one of a kind. And that's what makes you special. You know, the whole like, oh, you're a special little snowflake. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You really are the only version of yourself. Yeah. Like, own that and be that. Like, that's the only way to be happy, you know? No way. It's got to be a snowflake. But, but it's that saying. You yeah. Know, like, special little snowflake. <laughs> All right, number 28 uh, hold the door for other people. Say thank you. Buy a, buy the old people behind you Starbucks a coffee. This is a long uh, lesson. And do other really kind things just because you can. Just be do the right thing. Yeah. Just be good. The right thing or I mean, the better thing? The, the kind thing. The kind thing. Why not? Yeah. Nothing feels better than being, being good kind. to other people. Yeah. You know? like, and if you can't afford or you, you don't know if you can afford what they bought behind you in the Starbucks line, Pitch three bucks to it. Yeah. That still feels fucking good when people do that. People do that to us not that long ago, and we were like, hell yeah. Like, it felt super good. Yeah. You know? Holding the door open for people is another one. Helping old ladies. Like, yeah. I know that's, like, a cheesy thing, but, like, if I see an old lady out, and like, I do it. Like, yeah. dude, remember that one time we were having a party at the Renton house, and the old lady across the street, I went to, I was telling the neighbors, like, hey, we're going to have some friends over. She was like, park in my driveway. Well, yeah, but she was like, oh, come on in. Yeah. I haven't met you. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I come in. She's like, it's cat lady. She's like, actually, can you help me move this chair? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like moving her fucking furniture. <laughs> like 30, 40 minutes later, I come back. You're like, dude, where have you been? I'm like, dude, I've been at Rebecca's house <laughs> yeah. this whole time. I was sitting on her couch talking to her. I was like, what the hell? Dude, that was crazy. But yeah, uh, my grandma, same thing. I go over there. Like every time I'm like, hey, we're past the federal way. We stop by. She's like wants to reorganize yeah. and helping her move furniture, whatever. But like the point is, is just, just go out of your way to do a nice thing every day. Yeah. Like it's really simple. And, and this was the last one on here because, um, like I'll tell the newsletter that was 28. I do have another one. It's in my head, but I copied this exact same list from last year. So I wrote a newsletter about this. You might've got that. If you didn't sign up, get the nutrition manual, you'll get the emails. Um, I give free advice three, four times a week. It's just tips, strategy, stories, client story, testimonials, all that kind of stuff. Um, super helpful, not salesy at all. So I highly suggest jumping on my newsletter, but I told this, I used these in the newsletter. And at the end I said, to be completely transparent, I literally copy and pasted this from my Instagram post last year when I turned 28. And the reason I did that is because I don't want to try to reinvent the wheel. All of these lessons still apply. As you can tell, an hour and 10 minutes later, like I had a lot to say about all of them. The lessons never changed. It's 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 more of a reminder to keep doing them. Yeah. You know, you still got to do the right thing. You still got to trust your gut. You still got to be a kind person. You still got to give more. You still got to put yourself first. You still got to prioritize everything you need to do in the order you need to do them. You still need to do all these things in order to be happy, fulfilled, and successful. So instead of me trying to create 20 new, 29 new things or name them differently, I'm going to use the same ones and remind you guys, like, this is what breeds fulfillment, success, and happiness. And the last thing on here is very similar to the first thing I talked about before I even jumped into any of this, and it is being process-oriented versus outcome-oriented. Choose the process over the outcome. If you constantly choose the outcome, you are going to be constantly focused on the number on the scale, the number in your bank account, the number of members you have, the exact tangible goal that you are chasing. And when you get there, it is not going to be sustainable. Because you are going to be there. You've quote unquote made it and you set yourself up for this failure because now you're there, you've made it, you have nowhere to go. But if you get obsessed with the process of getting there, you evolve and expand constantly. Like I said in the beginning of this podcast, you're constantly striving for more. You're constantly trying to build more. You're constantly choosing to take action and further your goals because you set the next goal before you even reach this goal. And when you do that and you're process-oriented, going back to the roses thing, you're stopping to smell the roses. And so you have appreciation and gratitude for the feeling of success, and you can keep on growing. But it only happens if you are process-oriented. You have to be obsessed with the journey to get to success in order to continually reach success. Otherwise, you hit success, you fall off because it's not sustainable. Absolutely. You chose an unsustainable path by only focusing on the outcome. Love it. Absolutely. So, uh, 29 years old. That was a great fucking podcast. Longer than we expected, but I think it was well worth it. Totally. Happy Love fucking it. Mondays, guys. Peace.